in the name of the Lord Jesus. We give God thanks for bringing us to the end of our testimonies tonight. I'm just going to read a word of God here, the word of God here, and speak a little bit, and we'll be heading into prayer. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And picking up from verse 1. After which we'll be moving over to the 78th division of Psalm. And I'll read from the New Living Translation. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters. Paul has something to share with the body of believers in Corinth. He says, I don't want you to forget about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud. Everyone that moved ahead of them. Now, those of us who have read story of God's act of deliverance in delivering the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt, out of the hands of Pharaoh. We saw where God manifested his presence in the form of a cloud that led the camp of the Israelites. Paul now is reminding the brethren. He says, every one of them were guided by a cloud. The entire nation, every single person who came out of Egypt were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them. They were not moving ahead of the cloud. They stayed behind and watched the direction of the cloud, which is the presence, it's the, it's the manifestation of God himself. The glory of God moved ahead of them, and all of them walk through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, All of them were baptized as followers of Moses. When the spirit of the Lord, God moved as he, as Moses had stretched out his rod, using what was in his hand, the Red Sea parted miraculously. Both sides stood up as a wall and a path was cut out. In the midst of the sea. Not only that it was cut out. But it was dry ground. A miracle. And they were led across. The Red Sea. Paul says. It was an act of baptism. They were baptized as followers of Moses. All of them ate the same spiritual food. And all of them drank 
the same spiritual water. Let's take note, brothers and sisters, that Paul reemphasizing, making an emphasis on the word all. None is can find himself inexcusable. Everyone at the same spiritual food. Everyone drank the same spiritual water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. Hello, somebody. I, I, I want us to understand, brothers and sisters, that the God of whom we call upon is a God of miracles. Brothers and sisters, I want to engage your minds to understand what we may have called miracles, what we tend to talk about as miracles, these are trivial things. We have used that word so lightly that we fail at times to see the hand of God. Because in today's time in which we live, when you talk about miracle in the church, most people, uh, they align miracle with things. That's how they define miracle. A miracle of a car, a miracle of a house, a miracle of such and such. But now we understand uh, what was written, what was recorded back there down in Egypt, coming out of Egypt. Paul is telling us that remember, there's a rock that went with them, that followed them in the wilderness, that gave them water. For they drank from the spiritual rock that traveled with them. When you begin to look into the, the scriptures, you recognize, brothers and sisters, that something transpired when Miriam died. Many Jewish writers and those who study the, the Torah believe that that miracle some way was aligned with Miriam. God gave it to them. God traveled and journeyed with them. But something happened when Miriam died. And after that, they became thirsty. And it was in that time that Moses himself, having to deal with the, the grief and the murmuring of the people, end up disobeying God and striking the rock. That's another story altogether. But let's keep our focus. Yet these people, yet the all, the everyone, God was not pleased with most of them. Hello, somebody. Uh, that begins to open our understanding to, to know that you can experience a miracle and God is not pleased with you. We can be drinking from this rock. 
we can be eaten out of the hand of God and yet still God is still not pleased with us. Praise him somebody. And hear what happened now. He says, and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Hello, somebody. The everyone, the all that Paul is talking about, guided by the cloud, all baptized as followers of Moses, ate the same spiritual food, drink from the same uh, the spiritual water that came from the rock that traveled with them. And that rock was Christ. Hello, somebody. But God was not pleased with most of them and their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. These things happen as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. Why did their bodies end up being scattered? Why is it that they experienced the miracle but never saw the promise? Because they crave evil things. We can talk about the excitement of church. Somebody's excited. You got a promotion on the job. And the dollar is flowing. The money is coming in. And there's a new car. A new house. And some preacher tell you. Uh, you got to move in a new neighborhood. You're, you're blessed of the Lord. Because all these things are happening to you. You might be blessed. But things don't define. Whether or not God is pleased with us. Hello somebody. They crave evil things. A mind that was not converted. A mind that came out of Egypt. But Egypt was not out of them. Mind that was traveling behind the cloud. But waiting for an opportunity. Waiting for a moment to define himself. To fulfill the desires of his heart. Crave evil things. And God just simply scattered their bodies across the wilderness. Paul says to the church. These things happen as a warning to us. So that we would not crave evil things as they did. When you read this thing, when you read about uh, the, 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 the history of the nation of Israel, I want you to understand, Paul is saying, that this is written so that we may know. It's a warning that history does not have to repeat itself in our lives. Do not crave evil things as they did. Because we will have the same result. Or do not worship idols as some of them did. As the scripture says, 
the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did. Hollywood don't define, hallelujah, hallelujah, how we relate as husbands and wives. We don't get our, uh, our, our principles from Hollywood. Teenagers, young people coming up in the church. We go back to the book. We go back to what the Bible says to understand what's purity. What is required of him. What he calls. What he defines as a holy relationship. Beginning he made Adam. Put him to sleep. Found him. Uh, when he recognized after naming those creatures, saw them coming before him, male and female, named them. God was pleased with the name that he gave them. But to Adam, he had no company. To Adam, he was all alone. And God looked at him and said, it's not good for a man to be alone. Put him to sleep. Took out of him one rib formed a mate for him. Hallelujah. Call him woman because he was taken out of the man. Hallelujah. And God joined them together. Said who God put together, let no man put asunder. Adam and Eve, male and female. Our, our government and all the, uh, the politicians of this world, nations of this world, in a backslidden spirit, changing the identity of people, passing laws, agreeing with the rebellion against the, the name of God, against the principles of God. But God's marking, he's watching. Don't want us to use pronouns. That will identify us as male or female. The agenda of evil. But God is watching. Telling our young ones it's okay. You don't have to wait until you're married. It's okay. You don't have to wait. You can make a decision all by yourself. But God is watching. He says, Paul says, they worship idols. They celebrate it with feasting and drinking and indulging pagan revelry. And we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did. Sex before marriage is sin. And if you're married and fooling around, it's sin. Adultery is sin. Hello, somebody. God judges it. Paul says when he recognized what was happening, causing 23,000 of them to die in one day. 
nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites, begin murmuring and complaining. Evil tongue, begin murmuring before him. God raise up serpents. You see, brothers and sisters, we need to go back to the Bible and check this thing out good to see what's the, what are some of the principles that govern our lives. God will put sickness on people. He will allow people to be sick. He will allow serpents like he did when they murmured against him. See, we don't know that God has tools. And God listened and heard murmuring in the camp and said, this is not the sound of the camp. You don't know how he communicates with the serpents, but he allowed them. You, you got to understand, brothers and sisters, I'll explain some things to you. When they came out of Egypt, heading into the wilderness of sin, Brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that wilderness was filled with wild beasts, scorpions, serpents, will devour them. What, what caused them not to be devoured, not to be attacked by lions, by bears, by serpents? They were always there, but the presence of the Lord the presence, the Shekinah of God that traveled with them, protected them. Hello, somebody. And when God says, stay behind the cloud, you think he's playing. He's protecting us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Protected them. When God heard the murmuring, he just withdrew his presence. The serpents were always there. Couldn't touch them. But when they move from under his anointing, when they begin to murmur, the serpents made food out of them. And don't grumble as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death. These things happen to them as examples for us. God used them as examples. We don't have to repeat history. They were written down to warn us how to live at the end of the age. Tell somebody it's the end of time in which we are looking on right now. Hallelujah. These things were written so that we may believe, so that we may understand how to live. Now to the book of Psalm um, 78, very quickly, uh, Asaph is writing to us and he says, Oh, my people, listen to my instructions. Open your ears to what I am saying, for I will speak to you in a parable. I will teach you hidden lessons from your past. I'm going to talk about the history of our, our forefathers. Uh, but the, the, these are hidden lessons. If we cannot re remember uh, the past, we are condemned to repeat it. If we fail to remember the past, we will repeat it. 
And so he says, we will not hide these truths. First, he says, stories we have heard and known. They're truth. Stories our ancestors handed down to us. See, brothers and sisters, uh, we've got to understand even outside of what we have received here as the scripture, we have personal testimonies of our encounter with the Lord. Various experiences. And these are, are to be recorded so that we can share them along uh, as time progresses with our, our, our brethren, new ones, new believers coming up in the church, our children and others that they may know about the power of God. He says, we will not hide these th- truths from our children. We will tell them the next generation. We've got to tell our children. Hallelujah. About how God worked among us. We can't hide them. Pay attention. Listen to my instruction. Let's pay attention to what history has have taught us. We will tell these truths to our children. Next generation. About the glorious deeds of the Lord. About his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. God tell them, teach it to your children and to your children, children. Always speaking like that. Moses is always telling. Speak to your children. Speak to your children. Moses knew that that there, there was one uh, challenge, or the first step rather, was to get the people out of Egypt to be freed. And so God delivered them out of Egypt. But there's a next work to deliver Egypt out of them. And so Moses was looking beyond to see the children who were not contaminated who were not shackled down in Egypt. It's easier for them to be a free generation. One that's free mentally. There are those who came out of Egypt who's always looking back, always comparing now with what Egypt was. Talk about being hungry. Need some food. And the presence of the Lord is around you. And you're talking about onions and garlic. That thing always. Uh, strike up such an interest. In me as a kid. One thing. Talk about some good food. But onions and garlics. And all these things. Come on. He says. Each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his command. Every generation must think on it, remember it, talk about the miracles of God. Some of us have been blessed, some of us experienced some powerful 
uh, testimonies, powerful times in the past, even presently. But we don't talk about it. Because some of those experiences took us from nothing and established us as a people. We don't want anybody to know and that we never start where we are right now. Nobody don't want to talk about where they're coming from. Mm. Praise the name of the Lord. Then they will not be like their ancestors. When you teach them, and, and they in turn teach their own children, and set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commandments, history will not be repeated. They will not be like their ancestors, stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. There are some of us that refuse to surrender our hearts to God. We know how to navigate this world, this wilderness that we are passing through. We know we don't need no cloud. We can do it all by ourselves. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody say, Pastor, uh, we, we have never said that. No, no, you may have never said that with your lips, with your words, but your actions speak louder, hallelujah, than what your words are saying. Because when you tell God that you can plan for your future, you're telling him you, you don't need him. Hello, somebody. Remember I got, when I just got married and I, I, you know, you have to take care of every little thing that's coming in. I sat down to do a budget one night and sat down there with my wife and we were making a budget doing this and doing that and write out everything on paper because we knew how much our salaries were. We wrote out everything and say, okay, I'm going to do this, this, that, this, that, my tithes, my offering and this and that. And these are the bills. And when I finished writing, I was up that night. I don't know, remember if I was praying or, or, or just reviewing the list. And when I was reviewing the list, I heard the spirit of the Lord God just spoke to me and said, there's no room for me. You don't make no room for me on that list. You're trusting in that salary. You never make any room for me. I tore it up. Hallelujah. I said, God, forgive me of my sin. Hallelujah. Because I began to idolize, not knowing. But thank God, I had an open ear. Thank God, he, he, he came down and, uh, and just spoke to me. See, he didn't make any room for me. Was on a way to repeat the past. Hello, somebody. When we begin to plan out everything in our lives, 30 years old, and you know when you are set to retire. 40 years old, and you're talking about when you're going to be retiring and what you have in place. Hallelujah. And you don't know that God can say it. At the time that you're ready to retire, he can say, you can touch his body, Satan, but leave his soul. Then everything that you put up for your grand retirement, you begin to spend it to save your body. When you're left broke, the Lord is still there showing up in his mercy. I say, I'm here. I was here before they touch you. I could have healed you. Hallelujah. But this one comes to discipline you because I love you. 
Don't play with God. Hallelujah. He may not scatter our bodies in the wilderness. He may save us. Hallelujah. But some of us, hallelujah, he may save our spirit, but we may lose this body in this world. Hallelujah. Hear what he says. When they are like this, they will not be like their ancestors. Stubborn, rebellious, and unfaithful, refusing to give their hearts to God. Don't want God to be Lord over their hearts. You can't say Jesus if you're not making him Lord over your life. He's got to be Lord. That's what, that's what he wants. That's what he demands. Hallelujah. He's Jesus Christ, our Lord. Hallelujah. That means he's the one that's calling the shots. He's the one that's making the plans. Hallelujah. And he said, take no thought for tomorrow. He's going he's to be there for tomorrow. If there's a tomorrow, he'll take care of you. He's going to give us grace for today. Live in that measure of grace. Live, my God Almighty, hallelujah, in what he has provided for today. Now, the warning. He said, the warriors of Ephraim, though armed with bows. Hello, somebody. We got to pay attention here. The warriors of Ephraim, they were armed, ready to fight with bows. Turned their backs and fled on the day of battle. Somebody, like a truce, like a soldier in the army, look good, dress right, armed up right. Hello, somebody. Have the right weapon. But in the day of battle, hello. In the day when you should be fighting, when the battle is set in array, hallelujah. And you got to now move like a soldier. Ephraim turned their backs and fled on the day of battle. Paul says, Second Timothy. Uh, 2 verse 3 to 4 he says share in suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ no soldiers get entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted them learn to suffer when you see the battle don't let what you see overwhelm you know who is fighting for you know who is fighting with you know who is fighting through you the battle belongs to the Lord, but he calls us to be armed. He calls us, my God Almighty, hallelujah, to stand sure. Paul says, and because we are true soldiers, we can't be entangled in civilian pursuits. We don't have the mind of the world. We don't love the world, that are the things of this world. Because if we do, then the Lord can't fight through us. The Lord can't use us in the battle that's we, that we are involved in. Because our mind and our heart is given to something else. Ephraim, they did not keep God's covenant and refused to live by his instructions. They forgot what he had done, the great wonders he had shown them. Brothers and sisters, some of us, 
we begin to forget what the Lord had done in our lives in the past. We don't talk about them. We don't share them with people. We don't tell people when we were hungry, never had nothing to eat, and God provided food for us. We don't want to talk about that. We come into Canada, we get so bossy. We so fat. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. We can't shake. We God can't shake us. He can't move us. My God Almighty. Hallelujah. We sit like a rock. Hallelujah. Can't, can't move. Hallelujah. We so overladen with the things of this world. Our eyes casting to and fro. Looking what next to purchase. What next to do. My God Almighty. Hallelujah. Refuse to keep the instructions of the Lord. Refuse to live by his instructions. What are his instructions? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all other things shall be added unto you. Don't think about yourself first. Think about me first. That's what he says. Look on the lilies. Not, not even King Solomon in all his glory. Talk about Solomon and the glory of his kingdom. Not even him Is arrayed as one of these lilies. Hallelujah. Think about the swallows, the birds of the air. They fly to and fro. And not one of them hit the ground without my knowledge. Come on, somebody. It's not your life more valuable than the sparrows. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's watching over us. He's hovering over the nests right now. The presence of the Lord. He said, come on, my children. You're more valuable than the sparrows. My eyes is up on you tonight. Hallelujah. I purchased because with my own blood hallelujah when none would redeem you my god almighty hallelujah i found you hallelujah i called you out to redeem you to make your people hallelujah who will praise me to make your people hallelujah who will call upon me to make your people that will shine forth in this world of darkness and let the light shine to men that they may see the light that is in you and glorify the father which is in heaven come on somebody but Ephraim forgot what he had done, the great wonders he had shown them, the miracles he did for their ancestors on the plain of Zoan in the land of Egypt. For he divided the sea and led them through, making the water stand up like walls. In the daytime, he led them by a, a cloud and all night by a pillar of fire. God. He split open the rocks in the wilderness to give them water as from a gushing spring. God, he made streams pour from the rock, making the waters flow down like a river. Who? God. Yet they kept on sinning against him, rebelling against the most high in the desert. They stubbornly tested God in their hearts, demanding the foods they crave. They have something that they desire. They don't, want to, they don't want what God wants for them. Brothers and sisters, we have some careless prayers. We pray what we want. But we're, we're taught by his word to pray for what the purpose of God on our lives. I don't want what I want. Because my selfish prayers will lead me to the pits of hell. But when I pray in the spirit, I pray what, what, God, what God wants for me. So these men... 
these people, a number out of the all, the all that Paul is talking about, they crave stubbornly tested God in their hearts, demanding the foods they crave. God knows what's good for us. God knows what we need. We know what we want. They even spoke against God himself, saying, God can't give us food in the wilderness. Yes, he can strike a rock so water gushes out, but he can't give his people bread and meat. few days pass, you don't have no food. And you forget so quickly the miracles that took you out of bondage. Hello, somebody. Forgetful Israel. Hallelujah. And we, uh, we begin to criticize when we read these texts. This text, this, we begin to look on them. And probably some of us become critical. But God's watching us. And he said, don't be quick to judge because I see the same spirit. I see the same spirit in my church. When the Lord heard them, he was furious. The fire of his wrath burned against Jacob. Jealous God. Jealous about his name. Jealous about his people. Hallelujah. The passion, hallelujah, that he has for us. There's nothing else like it. Hallelujah. And when he put his name upon us, hallelujah, when he marked us with his name, he's jealous. When he heard them, he was furious. Stir the anger of the Lord. The fire of his wrath burned against Jacob. Yes, his anger rose against Israel for they did not believe God or trust him to care for them. Hello, somebody. When God said he'll take care of us, he'll take care of us. Hallelujah. You don't have to plan for it. When he said he'll take care of you, he'll take care of you. Be not dismayed whatever the cost. God will take care of you. Praise the name of the Lord. We're, 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 we're navigating some difficult times. Hallelujah. But God promised, I'll take care of you. You don't have to be stubborn. You don't have to be rebellious. You don't have to plan for yourself. You don't have to get crazy and design the evil. Hallelujah. I know what you need in this hour. And I'm going to give you what you need, not necessarily what you want. I know your needs. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The cattle upon a thousand hills belong to me. The gold is mine. The silver is mine. This whole world is mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I say I'll take care of you, I'll take care of you. I bank up Egypt. Hallelujah. Told you to borrow not a few. My God Almighty, they gave you. Hallelujah. When you ask, they gave you riches and tell you, get out from here. Hallelujah. Go worship your God. Hallelujah. Get out from among us. Enrich you. No, you forget me. He 
commanded the skies to open. He opened the doors of heaven. He rained down manna for them to eat. He gave them bread from heaven. They ate the food of angels. God gave them all they could hold. He released the east wind in the heavens and guided the south wind by his mighty power. He rained down meat as thick as dust. You can't see clearly in the sky. When dust uh, creates that haze, meat was falling out of the heavens. God rained it down. Hallelujah. As thick as dust. Birds and plentiful as the sand on the seashore. Take a walk on, on the seashore and you recognize what the Lord was doing in the, in, in, in the, in the nation of Israel in that wilderness. He caused the birds to fall within their camp and all around their tents. People excited. Meat. Woo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What we crave for, we get in it. The people ate their fill. He gave them what they craved. But before they satisfied their craving, while the meat was yet in their mouths, the anger of God rose against them and he killed their strongest men. Greed. Greedy. Can't satisfy with what God wants to do with us and what God wants to do for us. Hallelujah. And God said, you're eating the meat. Hallelujah. You, know, you didn't even discern. To see what I was doing. You so quick. Hallelujah. To grab for this meat. While it was in their mouth. The anger of God. Hallelujah. Rose against them. And he killed their strongest men. Paul says. It is written. For our learning. It is written. So that we may know. Hallelujah. It is written. So that we may not repeat. Hallelujah. What they did in the past. So that the anger of the Lord may be stirred up against us. It's written that we may know how to live in the last days. In the end, he struck down the finest of Israel's young men. Oh my God. And that didn't move them. In spite of this, the people kept sinning. Despite his wonders, they refused to trust him. And some of us seen it right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We recognize how God has been helping us. I want to share something. I was talking to two of the brothers here after church. And I'm going to boast a little bit now. But I'm not boasting about me. I'm boasting about my Lord. I'm boasting about the Lord Jesus Christ. I didn't say anything to the church. But God told us that there was confusion coming up across this world. And there will be no answer for it. But we should stay behind the cloud. Told us the last day of 2019. By March of 2020, we saw everything begin to fulfill before our eyes. Brothers and sisters. So much confusion. I'm not telling you, I'm not preaching to you, or just trying to give information. I ask the Lord, God knows my heart, to teach me 
to live what I preach. By the time March came and everything was happening, that's March last year. People begin to lose their jobs. And I want to let this church know. I can talk about it now. I wouldn't say it then. I lost a part of my salary right through entire, I believe, entire last year in the, in the pandemic. We're still in it. Salary cut. Hours cut. I didn't say anything to anybody. I said, I believe it was only Brother Matthew I shared it with. I said, when you speak the word of God and God uses your tongue to share some things, you got to feel the pain. You got to feel what people are going through that you know how to pray. And God just begin to uh, use me. Cut the salary. They gathered in a meeting, my managers and everything like that. And say, okay, Mr. James, uh, the company's moving in another direction and we're going to have to cut some salaries around here. Cut the salary. I perhaps could have defended myself, but I remember the word when the soldiers came to John the Baptist talking about their salaries. And John said, man, you better learn to be contented with what you get. And I kept it. I didn't say anything. I want this church to understand. It never made me less than anything else. God provided for my family every single day. In fact, I'm going to boast on the Lord. He allowed me. Uh, he allowed me to bless more people than I ever did the previous year. What am I saying? I'm not wealthy. I'm not rich. I'm telling you, there's a miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's a blessing that comes from the Lord when you live from his hand. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus. I never murmur about what they did. Hallelujah. I look on it and I said, my God, they cut my salary in a time when the church need me, um, need more of my time. Cut back on my time. I said, God, you're free me to read some more. You're free me. My God Almighty, to study some more. I can give more time to this thing. And I just praise God right through. Eat and drink when I was eating and drinking. Fasted when I need to fast. Hallelujah. And God took care of me. And I'm telling you, some folks, you, you, you seek out every opportunity, every overtime. Hallelujah. For you're fearful of losing a dime. And you can't show, you can't show where that dime is right now. Because God didn't bless you. Hallelujah. Don't repeat the past. Hallelujah. Despite, in spite of this, the people kept sinning. Despite his wonders, they refused to trust him. So he ended their lives in failure. Their years in terror. When God began killing them, they finally sought him. Don't wait. Don't wait, brothers and sisters, for some of us to drop. For some of us to run back to the church. To run back in commitment. I tell you, my brothers and sisters, I witnessed something in the past. Uh, you talk about the fatness of Yeshua. Walks fat and begin to kick. 
I saw a church all the way in the country where I'm from, back home in Jamaica, in Santa Cruz there. And the people started out in that area. They were all farmers. The church, was, they came into the church and God began to bless them. Businesses. Uh, some of them gave up farming, the open business. God began to bless them, working in the banks, working in the school, teachers, all different uh, sorts of, uh, of, of employment and professionals they became. And my pastor, he was a long meter. He preached long. Yes, and I probably preach a little bit long too sometimes. And, but I watch my God Almighty. He preached long Sunday day. My God Almighty sat under it as a young man and just enjoyed the word of God. Came back Sunday night, preached long. Came back Wednesday night, preached long. Monday night in prayer meeting, preached long. I pray long. We have a board meeting. People begin to complain about the time. Church over in too long. Sometimes church would over 10, 30, 11 o'clock on a Wednesday night. And people begin complaining. In the past, when they had nothing, nobody complained. Everybody wanted that when church finished, people would not leave the, uh, the, 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 the church yard. Stayed right there. Now they began to complain. And I watched my pastor. The last thing you want to do is to get a man of God to turn his spirit. And let him understand. Because he knows when he hears complaint, they're not complaining against him. If he's a humble man, he knows they're complaining against God. I watch him in a meeting. He said, what time do you want church to finish? The people foolishly answered. Let's finish church at nine o'clock on a Wednesday night, nine, nine thirty. He said, okay, and the meeting was adjourned. The next Wednesday night, preaching on Bible teaching, he's teaching the word of God, some deep things. And in the middle of it, he lift up his hand because there's no clock in the church, lifted up his hand, look on his time and says 9.30. And I'm on the summons. 9.30, I'm told I must finish by 9.30. Stand up, everyone. Let's pray. It's 9.30. And he prayed and closed off church. Came back the next time. And when you look on the time, it says 9 o'clock. And I'm being told that we need to finish on time. Let's pray, brethren. And everybody prayed and everybody was happy. Controlling the pastor now. <laughs> the next time he came to church and he said, it's 9 o'clock. Let's pray. Everybody wants to leave at nine, but I have something to say to you tonight before you leave. God will make you come to church even when there is not a church day. You're going to come to church on a Monday. You're going to come on a Tuesday. You're going to come on a Wednesday. You're going to come on a Thursday. You're going to come on a Friday. You're going to come on a Saturday. You're going to come back on a Sunday. Hello, somebody. I'm not talking, my brothers and sisters. These are things I witness. I'm talking about my past, what I saw. And he closed off and prayed. And I, I believe I, I shed a tear because I know where the spirit of the Lord was moving. Here he said, he ended their lives in failure, the years in terror. When God began killing them, they finally sought him. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, right after that word, 
one person died in the church. Shortly after, a next person died. Shortly after, a next person died. And another person died. And another person died. I believe it were about, I, I, I don't want to exaggerate, but I believe it could be about 12 or 13. There was funeral on the Saturday. Church on the Sunday. Funeral on a Monday. Funeral on a Tuesday. Funeral on a Wednesday. Funeral on a Thursday. Funeral on a Saturday. A Friday. Funeral on a Saturday. Back to church on a Monday. I'm not saying this because I'm inviting funeral in the church of the living God. I'm telling you what the Lord is talking about here. What Asaph is written, writing about here. I've seen it. People begin running back to church. Hallelujah. They never planned for the church service, but they have to turn up at a funeral service. And after that, people begin to change their attitude. They begin to see the hand of God. My pastor said, son, uh, they call it an offering in the funeral. And I turn it over from one funeral to help bury the next one. Because I never want anybody to believe I profit off the word of God that God gave me. So I never put any of that money in the church of the living God. I use it to bury the dead. Hello, somebody. Hallelujah. God has a way of getting our attention. God has a way, hallelujah, of storing the nest to bring us back to awaken us to righteousness. Hallelujah. From this backslidden spirit. There's a backslidden spirit upon the church right now. Hallelujah. Falling away. Hallelujah. Creeping in of pride and arrogance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Creeping in of those, my God Almighty, who are speaking with their lips. I'm satisfied. Hallelujah. I've, I've enriched myself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've set up myself. I'm satisfied. I have things for my kids. The future is bright. When they saw the killing, they repented and took God seriously. Then they remembered that God was their rock. You think people don't love life? People love to live. Hallelujah. When they saw what God was doing, they quickly repented. Hallelujah. And begin to remember that God was their rock. That God most high was their redeemer. Frightened. Trying to save their life. Run back to the rock. God not impressed by our lips. And what we have to say. He's judging the heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not that one Samuel. Not that one. Hallelujah. You got to know that I don't look on the outward appearance, I look on the heart. God knows what our lips are saying, but he sees our heart. That's the first thing he sees. All they gave him was lip service. They lied to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not loyal to him. They did not keep his covenant, yet he was merciful and forgave their sins and did not destroy them all. Many times he held back his anger and did not unleash his fury, for he remembered that they were merely mortal, gone like a breath of wind that never returns. God knows our weakness. He knows our failures. Hallelujah. Let's not be like Ephraim. 
Hallelujah. In the midst of battle, fleeing, turn back. God say you turn back, I'm going to replace you. Hallelujah. And promote Judah. Hallelujah. For Ephraim, turn back. Praise the name of you. Brothers and sisters, we begin to handle the word of God. You see how serious God is. You think when he got into that temple and saw the selling. Hallelujah. And the highway robbery in the temple. Pimping out the poor folks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that you had to have a temple coin to make a purchase. Make a purchase for an offering. And you know that all that came to the feast coming out of the, the diaspora, the different countries, Jews returning for the, for, for the feast. They could not use their money that they used back there. They had to use the temple coin. And so when they got there, there's got to be some bartering. There's got to be some selling. Pimp them out. The Lord walked in his temple one day. And saw the tables of the money chambers. Hallelujah. Changers. Hallelujah. Saw that what they were doing. Selling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the, the God was the zeal of the Lord. Hallelujah. God's jealous about his people. Hallelujah. Burning passion on the inside. Overthrew. My God. The tables of the money changers. And said my father's house must be a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. Come out, begin whipping them left, right, and center. The disciples look on and say, The zeal of the Lord has eaten him up. He's jealous. God is jealous. Hello, somebody. He's jealous about his name because his name is his fame, his work. Hallelujah. 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 That which is said about him, what he has done, that, that's who he is, his name. He's jealous. Hallelujah for his worship. Come on, saints of the living God. Hallelujah. Let's not draw nigh with our lips tonight, but with our heart to honor him, to remember the things of old. That which is written, my God Almighty, is written for our learning that we may not repeat history, that we may learn how to live in the time of the end. Hello, hello, somebody. Let's lift our hands and say, Lord, hallelujah. Teach me, hallelujah, how to value word. Teach me how to value this relationship. Fathers, 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 I beg of you. I beg of you, fathers. Let not our children, not, let not what is seen in us, hallelujah, is a greed and hallelujah, love for money. That's what our children see in us, hallelujah, because it will fall upon them. They'll come loving money just like you love money, hallelujah. 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 But let them see us worshiping. Let them see us praising. Let them see us taking them to church. Hello, somebody. Praise the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and bless him. Unmute your microphones. We're going to be praying right now. Hallelujah. 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 What a mighty God. Hallelujah. What a mighty God. Hallelujah. God, teach me how to stand in the midst of battle. Teach me, Lord, to hope to be a true soldier, to stand at my post. Let me